Hello ladies and gentlemen, I don't even want to say who that to you all. Welcome to episode 7 of the Two Point Conversion, where a home team still has yet to lose this year. I'm not even kidding, like I, I thought about this yesterday, I was like, man, the home team still hasn't lost, and uh, I wasn't wrong about that, because we're jumping right into this baby. Uh, before we get into that, of course, linked in the description of this thing is that uh, ongoing Hurricane Ida fundraiser. So yeah, so... Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I told y'all we weren't winning. I told y'all. I don't know how many people y'all out there believe me, but I told y'all we wasn't winning this game. So we lost it. I didn't expect us to lose this badly. I, no. No. I did not expect it. I thought, I just thought, we weren't going to play as well. I didn't remember how long it had been, but apparently it's been eight years now since we started 2-0. Yeah, it's been eight years. So I guess, um, there's that. It's tough to start 2-0. and And, uh, boy, do we know all about that. So, yeah. Let's get into talking about this game. Now, I was originally going to get angry and pissy, and I would have been furious like I was with the LSU-UCLA game, except I kind of gave up on that when I realized how shit we were playing. Yeah. So, let's start off with the fact that we didn't get shut out. Thank God we didn't get shut out. We were shut out through the first three quarters. I have been to the only other time that's ever happened under the Sean Payton uh, regime. And that was in 2018. Technically, the game was played, I believe, in 2019. I believe it was in January of 2019. I believe, like, January 1st or 2nd. Um, I was at that game with about forty to 50,000 other people because we'd already locked up the number one seed and we were starting Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. That's the one loss that's considered under Sean Payton. I don't even count it. We didn't have our starters out there. Hell, Taylor Heineke got some playing time in that game. We left the game after, like, the third quarter, and then we scored points. Yay! That was week 17, and we were resting starters. This is week two, and we have our starters. What the hell happened? Well, let me tell you what I think happened. <clears throat> Remember how I had talked about it being potentially not a viable strategy to always rely on your defensive, I mean, your offensive line overpowering the opposing team's defense? Turns out uh, that wasn't wrong. That wasn't wrong. I've said this about the Panthers. They're good. They're very good. Couldn't hold back the yawn, apparently. <laughs> yeah. They're very good. They're a very good football team. I told you they were my sleeper team. If y'all didn't believe me when I said this Panthers team was good, you'll believe me now. The Panthers are a damn good football team, and they are poised to make the playoffs. And I got no problems with that, mainly because, well, I wouldn't mind them missing the playoffs. Um, you know, if they make the playoffs and get embarrassed, I I won't I won't you know be I won't have a problem there. Hey, if they get embarrassed in the playoffs, it's funny because everyone gets to see it. It's like ha 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 ha. The last time the Panthers started two and zero, by the way, was in twenty seventeen. We all know how well that ended for him. He <laughs> he. Let's not talk about what happened in our subsequent playoff game. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so yeah, their defense. Let's start off with our offense versus their defense, or whatever the hell you want to call what we were putting out there. Um, cause boy, was it offensive. Uh, 
let's look at the team stats. That's right. We had a total of 128 yards. What? 128 yards on 12 drives. To put this into perspective, the Carolina Panthers had 383 total yards. We had six first downs. They had 28. They had 28 first downs. We were 2 of 11 on third down. They were 8 of 15. And we missed both of our fourth downs. Heck, if I recall correctly, those were all... Yeah, anyway. um, So, we've got the passing yards, of which we netted 80. Now, I say netted because... Well, Jameis Winston had 111, but he got sacked. So, that's how passing works. Rushing, we had 48 yards. Our leading rusher was Jameis Winston. He had 19 rushing yards. Taysom Hill was second. He had 16. Tony Jones was third. He had seven. Alvin Kamara had five yeah, I would say I feel really bad for whoever had him in fantasy, but that included my fantasy opponent, so I don't feel bad at all. Like, woohoo. Also, I'm dead inside. Yeah. Damus managed to get the only rushing touchdown of the game. We started that drive at the 18. We blocked a field goal, started at the 38, and couldn't get anything done on that drive because of penalties. That's one thing, by the way. We had 128 team yards on offense. We had 115 penalty yards. That's right. We only had 13 more yards on offense than we did via penalty. That's dreadful. Downright horrendous. Just an overall bad thing. How do you get 11 penalties for 115 yards? How do you get... How do you get penalized that many times? How do you expect to win that way? I mean, you don't. Actually, you you don't. But still. Jameis, by the way, threw two picks. Yep, there we go. And those were two of the old-school Jameis Winston-style picks. Those ones where if he's better, he doesn't throw that ball. He takes the sack or he throws it away. The first one negates us a chance of getting a 55-yard field goal, which Aldrich Rosas could hit. Um, so yeah. Aldrich Rosas could hit a 55-yard field goal. He was doing it in practice. Um, he didn't get a chance to do that. Um, so that wasn't great. And then the second one... Okay, it was late in the game, and it really didn't matter that much. And hey, J.C. Horn gets his first pick against the Saints, because I guess the poetic irony needs to keep on coming. Kill me. Um, yeah. Like, offensively, the Saints did look flat. I don't want to blame this necessarily on the lack of coaches. If you didn't hear, the Saints have had, well, most of their coaching staff was out with uh, COVID stuff on the offensive side. Defensively, we were also missing a couple of coaches, but yeah, offensively, just not good in the slightest, like, at all. Wow. Possibly, I think it's probably the worst output 
under Sean Payton for a Saints offense. We just couldn't get anything going. It was a lot of unforced errors, a lot of mistakes, a lot of missed coverage, a lot of missed blocks. You had Cesar Ruiz give up a huge sack because he completely misses the block. And Ruiz wasn't playing center all the time. We signed a new center. Well, it's Austin Ryder, formerly with the Chiefs. Um, He's apparently pretty decent. And Cesar Ruiz goes, and then he completely misses a block, and he's standing around like an idiot afterward. And it's like, that's not a good look for you. <coughs> Another thing. The receivers could not get open to save their lives. There were so many times where it's like, yeah, Jameis is not going to be able to get this ball off because nobody can find their way open. It was... The two biggest problems. Two biggest problems were not being able to find open guys because guys couldn't get open and not being able to protect and block long enough. Which actually brings me over to how our defense looked. Oh, wait, before I move on, do I have to do my old-fashioned uh, Jeremy Chin thingy? Okay, fine, let's do this segment. Uh, Jeremy Chin, he looked pretty good. Like, he didn't really stand out to me. I'm gonna be honest with you, he didn't stand out. He's still wearing 21, which is good. But yeah, he looked pretty decent. Like, he didn't show up as like, oh my god, oh my god, it's Jeremy Chin. Look, guys, look at this Jeremy Chin guy. You should keep your eyes out for Jeremy Chin. You're gonna hear all about him. He didn't do exactly as much as I thought he would. Was that mainly because there were guys on the outside coming after uh, Jameis, uh, the Mamus Winston? I don't want to call him famous Jameis. That just means something different to me. So I'm calling him Jameis the Mamus because it's like the menace. Um, Because by God, was it a menace? Where's the name that I'm looking for? Uh, Besides Shaq Thompson, who looked good, fine. Um, Brian Burns, that's one of the guys I was thinking. I'm trying to find the guy whose name I can't. Hassan Reddick. That was his name. Hassan Reddick. Damn good game for the Panthers on the outside. Um, I honestly hate the fact that I don't hate the Panthers right now. Because I genuinely like this team. Like, they're a division rival, but, like, I don't hate them. And there's a reason for that. They're not the Falcons, and they're not Tom Brady. So they're just their own thing. Plus, they have Joe Brady, and I can't hate him. Like, I can't hate a Joe Brady offense. Like, he brought me so much joy in my freshman year. Like, he's got, like, a permanent, you can be fine. If you're the head coach of the Falcons, I will hate you for life. Please don't go to the Falcons. But you being with the Panthers, it's like, uh, we have to deal with you twice a year. But it's not like the Cam Newton days with Ron Rivera, where there was, like, a genuine, yeah, I hate your guts. And then the Bucks were like, hi. But then you got Tom Brady, that it, it became different. I'm sorry, I'm going on a random ramble. Let's go on about a random ramble about the Carolina Panthers offense. Go- golly, um, the Panthers scare me on offense. Hey, what a shock. <laughs> Joe Brady offense is scary. No, but first of all, so remember how I said we needed to contain Christian McCaffrey and I didn't think we could do it? Yeah, we couldn't do it. Why couldn't we do it? Partially because we had some injuries. Now, we have Marcus Davenport and we have Quan Alexander on injured reserve. I think Davenport's injury is going to land him on injured reserve for longer than just the three-week period. Don't know about Quan's injury. But that wasn't the only thing that was a problem. We didn't have Marshawn Lattimore. We didn't have C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And a guy who I've become really high on, Tano Passanio, was out. He's a defensive end. He's really good. God, I was raving about him in the first preseason game. So you know I like that guy. He is a great free agent signing. I thought he was going to be really important to the pass rush. thought he was going to be a really good rotation guy. Him being out didn't help matters. It also doesn't help when you literally can't get pressure on the quarterback. 
I'm not even kidding. They were averaging four seconds. I mean, they had four seconds sometimes to give Sam Darnold to throw the ball. We couldn't pressure. Their offensive line was stalwart until the injuries piled up. Um, they had a guy go out with a hamstring. They had another guy go out. But still, holy crap, their offensive line is good. I think one of the things about the first game in week one against the Packers that probably won't get brought up as much, the Packers were starting two rookies who had never played an NFL game. You really think they're going to have the experience necessary to beat the Saints defensive line who was really well prepared? Especially Saints defensive line who had more rest because we didn't play a preseason game. Now granted, that's also not good and that's why I think we had some problems. Because that third preseason game was going to matter for some guys. Um, but still, we could not get the pressure. And I really just want to praise the Panthers right now. Like, I'm not trying to crap all over the Saints on this one. Because honestly, we got outplayed on offense and defense. Now, defensively, not having C.J. Gardner-Johnson doesn't allow you to use the safety blitz. Because that's an integral part of getting some of our pressures. But we did have one guy who could get pressures. I want to say there's one guy. So there's a rookie named Peyton Turner on the D-line. He was good. He was really good. The only guy that could really get any pressures was Peyton Turner. We got a sack because of him. He forced Sam Darnold to step up in the pocket, and he brought him down. Peyton Turner had a really good game. In fact, if I had to say who has our defensive MVP, it's Peyton Turner. He was the only guy out there who could actually get some pressures on him. Now, was that because he was going up against an inexperienced offensive lineman? I think it was. But at one point, he sheds a block where it's like, haha, remember how you were blocking? Yeah, you're not blocking me anymore. Where it was so... The one where he gets the sack. He sheds the block so effortlessly. And it's like, what? Yeah. That was my reaction. Now let's talk about that early game. Because we gave up a touchdown on the first drive. And by the way, Panthers really controlled the clock on us. Not only could we not move the ball, the Panthers played us like it was the Packers game. One thing I will say, this felt like the reverse of the Packers game. Where we just couldn't get anything going. But at least we put up a touchdown. Can't say that about the Packers. And we only lost by 19. Also can't say that about the Packers. What I'm saying is we're still better than the Packers. I know we're not better than the Packers, but still. Um, yeah, that first drive, where, I'm sorry, not the first drive. No, wait, it was the first drive. They figured out our weaknesses pretty early on. It's, you can't cover the middle. You just can't cover the middle of the field. Okay, ding, 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 ding. You got that going for you. Christian McCaffrey, okay, I'm going to get him out in the flat. So remember how I said if Christian McCaffrey is out in the flat and we can't cover him, we're going to get screwed? I was right. Because I've watched the Saints play the Panthers so long, I've gotten used to whatever Christian McCaffrey is going to do. I'm just used to Christian McCaffrey being a beast. That at this point, it doesn't phase me. Like, it's to the point where it's like, oh yeah, that's what Christian McCaffrey does. When, when you're a fan of a team who doesn't play them twice a year... Or, like, last year? Like, you realize how much of an absolute presence he is on the Panthers. And it's kind of something that can... I don't know what it is, but for me, it's like, it can easily go over your head. 
when it's like, oh yeah, it's just Christian McCaffrey. No, it's Christian McCaffrey, and he's a beast. He's a beast. He's hard to bring down. He made a one-handed grab where it was like it was just base instinct of, yeah, I'm supposed to make this with one hand. He, I'm trying to remember the way he was running to the outside um, just so I can get it right for how it was. It was his left arm that he pulled out, but he pulled back his right arm. He pulled back his right arm so he could get the ball into his left hand, grip it there, then bring it over. It was such an amazing instinct. And yes, I've never played a down of organized football. Fine. Maybe it's more impressive to me than it is to someone who actually does know about football. But still, it's like, this this dude looks like he's just got the natural instinct of being able to play football well. Also, we just couldn't cover. Again, couldn't cover. We also had terrible tackling. We had a 15-yard penalty at one point because we could not wrap up a guy. So, and I'm trying to remember who it was that came in on the penalty. Um, I think it was like Malcolm Rowe. It was a defensive end who comes in and hits the guy with his uh, helmet. And it was a clear and obvious 15-yard penalty. Shouldn't have needed to be a penalty there because he shouldn't have had to clean it up. Because the guy should have gone to the ground. And I don't believe it was Christian McCaffrey. It was somebody else. Um, But... That's one of those plays where it showed we had a problem with tackling. On one play, they got it over the middle, and you have um, you have the linebacker, and I'm trying to remember who the linebacker was. I think it was Zach Bond who was on the coverage. Zach Bond just does not reach out to try and make the tackle. And it's bad because it allows them to get more yards than they should have gotten. Um, you had P.J. Williams who missed a tackle. That was bad. There was just some bad tackling for him in this game. Now, one thing I will say, Marcus Williams actually showing up on the tackles. I've I've complained about Marcus Williams' tackling form, and I think he's getting better at it. I think I'm hoping he worked on it. I don't think that's just instincts. I wouldn't be shocked if this is something that he's heard a lot about and is like, you know what, everybody? Shut up. I'm going to do better at this. I'm going to do better, and I'm going to shut you up about this whole tackling business. Because you'd really hope he'd do that. You would really hope that uh, Marcus Williams want people to shut up. So yeah, there's that. Oh, also, I need to complain about another thing. One call. One of those 15-yard penalties was pretty bad. So I think it was on... um, why can't I remember his name? I literally just said it. Peyton Turner. They was a roughing the passer on Peyton Turner. I know it was a roughing the passer. It was a roughing the passer call where Sam Darnold had the ball and Sam Darnold still had the football. Peyton Turner was going to make a tackle. He makes contact at the knee, above the knee, by the way, which should be fine, especially when the quarterback still has the ball. That's a tackle attempt. The QB throws it away, and the ref throws the flag as if that's a thing you can... I'm going to need to reread the book. I'm not even kidding you. I'm going to read the NFL rulebook on this because I have that saved as a thing to go to as a point of reference because I like to do that sometimes where it's like, maybe that is letter of the law. I don't think it is. 
from what I remember, if the QB has the ball and you're above the knee, you're good. We had another one earlier in the game where, yes, we hit him below the knee, around the shins. That's 100% illegal. That's been illegal for at least a decade at this point. It's known as the Tom Brady rule because in 2008, Tom Brady got like his knee shredded or something uh, because of a very low hit like that. And that's very dangerous. And it was stupid because the QB already had the ball out. But most importantly, you do not do that. That should be something you're taught. But on this case, no, he's hitting him as he's got the ball trying to sack the quarterback. That's a natural thing to do. It's a natural thing to do, and I do not like that call. It was bad. The rest of the calls I thought were good. The rest of the calls I thought were good. And finally, to close this out, because I need to get this done, special teams-wise, Blake Gillikin is still a beast. Blake Gillikin is still a beast. One problem I had was Deontay Harris let a punt uh, bounce, and he should have fielded it. If he'd have called a fair catch, it would have been at the 22. We got the ball at the 10. You can't do that. You just cannot do that. You have to know sometimes when to field a punt. And when it's outside the 20-yard line, it's probably best to do it. And, uh, yeah. So that's really going to do it. I really don't have much more to say or much time to say it. So I hope you enjoyed this. Find me on Twitter at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S-P-O-R-T-S. Do a Twitch stream every Tuesday night, so that'll be tomorrow at twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1. That's twitch.tv slash T-E-P-I-G-L-O-V-E-R-1 at 8 o'clock central. So, until then, I've been Ben Schluter. This has been the Two Point Conversion. Hope you have a fantastic day and rest of your week, and until next time, bye bye